When the Mishnah on the Medalev, Mishnah, Ad Mosai Shoyalin until when do we ask for rain? Rabbi Yudai Mir says, Ad Sheyaver Pesach, until the end of Pesach. Rabbi says, Ad Nisan, until the end of the month of Nisan. So where do you see that you need rain until the end of Nisan? Shanamah, there's a postic that says, V'yoyred, V'yoyred l'chem geshem, Moire u'malkosh b'rishin. Eibishah brought down rain, Moire u'malkosh, Moire is the early rain, Malkosh is the late rain, the last rain, and it all came down when? Berishin, in the first month of the year in Nisan. So you see that still in the month of Nisan it rains. So therefore you, you stop saying, Mashavaruach Moire de geshem, and the same Talamotar, in the end of month of Nisan. So Rav Nachman said to Rav Yitzchak about the Pasuk that's brought there in this Mishnah. The early rain of the season, that comes in the month of Nisan? How could you say such a thing? The first rain of the season, when does that come? Before, right when you plant, before it grows, it comes in Cheshven. The Tanan, or the other Gersav is the Tanya, we learn in the early rain comes in Cheshven. And Malkish, which means the late rain after it's already growing and you need the rain at the end of the season, that comes in the month of Nisan. So why is this Pasuk here saying that even the early rain comes in the month of Nisan? So he answered him, This is what Rabbi Yechenin said about the Pshat of this Pasuk. In the times of the Novi, Yoyel, this is when this Pasuk was fulfilled. What it says there is, Yeser HaGozem Ochol HaArbe. They had then a Makkah of Arbe, of, of grasshoppers that came and ate up all the food. And then there was a Gozem, there was something else similar to the grasshoppers that also came and ate up all the food. So they had no food to eat. So what happened then? Now, so that year, Yotza Adar, the whole entire season of the winter already passed. And even the month of Adar passed. And it didn't rain the whole winter. So, the time when it rained the first time, which is what's called Yoyre, the first rain was was in the beginning of the, in the month of Nisan. So the Eden had, they didn't plant anything, or whatever they planted all winter, didn't grow at all. So now, the Novi told the Eden, go out and plant what you have now in the month of Nisan, and it's going to grow, you'll have what to eat. They said to the Novi, if someone has one kav, one measure of chitim, of, of wheat, if you have a measure, a little bit more of barley, should he save it and use it to eat and live? Or should he plant it now in the month of Nisan when it's after the season and it's, it's not going to grow anymore and then you're going to die? So how can we listen to you to go ahead and plant it now if, if, if we need this pashat for basic food to be able to survive? So he answered them, the Novi says, no, Afal Pikain. Nevertheless, go at Su'u Vizaru. Go ahead and plant what you have and it's going to grow. So what happened? Nasalemnes, a miracle occurred. They found these kernels and these pieces of wheat and barley, whatever it is that they found inside that was hidden in the walls. You have the mice that hide the, the, these things in the walls. And they also found the, the different uh, kernels that the ants hide in their holes. So they had extra to eat for themselves. And Yotsu Vizaru. And they went out and they planted the, the kernels of the grains that they had. They went out and planted. And then after they planted, so now they had these extras that they found in the walls and in the, in the ant holes to be able to eat from it. So when did they plant? 
So Yotzev is Aru Shaini, Shlishi, Urivi, the second day of Nisan, the third day of Nisan, the fourth day of Nisan, they went out and they planted. And Vyardu Lahem Revi Shniya Bachamishi Bachamisha Benisan. And then the second rain came down in the fifth day of Nisan. So again, it rained the first time on Shredish Nisan, and then they listened to the Navi and they planted, and then it rained again in the fifth day of Nisan. And what happened? Hakrivu Oime Bishisha also Benisan. And the, 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 the grain, the wheat, the barley, it grew so quickly that they had it fully ripe, available to be used to bring for the carbon oimer on the 16th day of Nisan. So Nimtzis, it came out, The grain that it usually takes six months to grow, So then it grew in 11 days. It, uh, this, the second rain was in Chamisha Benissen, and that's when it, it, it was growing, started growing, and then it grew till 16th of Nissen, it was already fully ripe. That was the nest that happened that year, that both the Yoira and the Malkash, the early rain and the late rain, was all in the month of Nissen. <coughs> Regarding that generation, it says in Tillim, they planted with tears. And but then Berina Yiktsaira, with joy they reaped. They were going and crying, But then they were they were carrying Meshachazara, they were carrying the, the what they planted. So what does this Pasik mean? So the beginning of the Pasik we understand. Hazarin Bidima, they were planting with tears because they didn't have what to eat, so they were crying when they were planting. But they listened to the Navi and they planted anyways. What does it mean then when it says again, that they were crying? Amr Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda said, the miracle happened as follows. So the ox in the field, when it was plowing, so on his way going to plow, he was crying, because the cow has nothing, the, the ox has nothing to eat when he's plowing the field. But then when the ox came back, from the very same road that he just plowed, he already had some, some of the shoots that were coming out of the field that he was able to eat from. That's how quickly it began growing. Immediately he had already what to eat on the way back. This is what it means. It's regarding the ox that was, was joyous when he came back from plowing the field. My What is the Pasik adding when it says that he's carrying carrying the bundles of the grain? The stalk, every wheat has the stalk, and then you have the kernels that are at the top. So usually the stalk is much taller, and then at the top of it you have a smaller amount of the, of the kernels that grow there. But over here it was the other way around. Kone, the stalk of the wheat was a zeres, was a measure of a zeres. But the shibailas, the place, the ears of the wheat, of the, where you have the, the kernels, over there is a resaim. It was double the amount, double the size. This was a huge miracle. Not only it grew so quickly, but you had so much more grain over here, what to eat. Okay, so this is... What Rav Nachman said to Rav Yitzchak to explain to him the Pasuk of the Mishnah of Yireh and Malkosh in the month of Nisan that happened then that year. Now, in the continuation of the Gemara, it's going to bring a bunch of different things, Psukim and all different subjects, all again, what Rav Nachman asked Rav Yitzchak and what he responded to him and in the name of Rav Yechenen. So, Amalei Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak, what is the meaning of this Pasuk that it says? Kikara Hashem Lerov. There was, a, there was a hunger that the Ebeshter brought, and there was a hunger, this is in the times of Achav, there was a hunger for seven years. So the Gemara says, So if there was a hunger, no rain for seven years, so what did they eat for seven years? So Rav Nachman answered them, 
Hachi Yomar, Rabbi Yitzchak, sorry, answered him, Hachi Yomar, Rabbi Yechenin, this is what Rabbi Yechenin said, Shana Rishayna, first year of the hunger, Ochlo Mashebebatim, they ate from the food that they still had in the house, Shniya, the second year, Ochlo Mashebesadis, they ate what was left in the field, Shlishis in the third year, there was no more produce in the field, Subsar Behemetahira, they ate from the meat of kosher animals, Revis in the fourth year, Bsar Behemetmeya, they ate from non-kosher animals, Chamishis in the fifth year, they ate from creeping, crawling things, all, all kinds of things that they can eat. Then Shishis in the sixth year, they ate from the meat of their own children. And Shvis in the seventh year, their hunger was so strong, they ate the meat from their very own arms, from their own bodies. This fulfills the curse that it says in the, in the Navi, Ish that a person will eat the meat from himself, from his own body. That's how bad the hunger was in that time. regarding another Pasuk. What's the meaning of the Pasuk where it says, with Amongst you there's sanctity. And I will not come into the city. So what does this Pasuk mean? Because there's, uh, there's holiness amongst you, so I don't come into the city. Maybe she should come into the city. So he explained him, and said, I will not enter into the Yerushalayim that there is above in the, in the Shemaim, Beruchnius, until I come into Yerushalayim here below. So the Pasuk is saying, that there's sanctity amongst you, but the Pasuk is saying, I'm not going to come into Yerushalayim Shalmaila until the Abishta first comes into Yerushalayim Shalmata. In other words, it's Negeya to the Abishta, the Matzav of the Yidin here below, the Yerushalayim Shalmata, only when the Besamniklish is rebuilt here below, then Lamaila as well will be the revelation, Yerushalayim Shalmaila. Is there a Yerushalayim in, uh, above in heaven? Sigmar so says, in yet, the Chsiv, there's a Pasuk that says, Yerushalayim Abnuya. Yerushalayim, when it's built, like the city that's attached to it, that's connected to it. <coughs> so what does this mean? So Chubra is like Maloshan Chaver, when you have a, a counterpart, a friend, a colleague. <laughs> so what it means is that there's Yerushalayim Shomayla and there's Yerushalayim Shomata, that's a counterpart to Yerushalayim Shomata. <coughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Rav Yetzeh, in Mishalach, there's Yerushalayim Shomayla and Yerushalayim Shomata. Another Pasuk that Rav Nachman asked Rav Yitzchak about. What's the meaning of the Pasuk that it says? That they're foolish and Musar Havalim Eitzu. So the simple pshat of the Pasuk is that whatever rebuking you give them, it's, it's pointless because it's like, it's like you, you try to rebuke a piece of wood. There's no one to hear, there's no one to accept it. And the Yidin are not accepting Musar, they're completely closed off. That's the simple shot of the Pasik. So, uh, so he explained to him, there's a different shot. Rabbi Yechenen explained this Pasik as follows. There's one Aveda, which burns up, which eradicates the Rishayim in the Gehenim. There's one Aveda that's worse than everything else. And Mahi, what's that Aveda? Aveda Zara, serving Aveda Zara. How do we know this Pasik is speaking about Aveda Zara? Because Ksiv Hacha Musar Havalim Eitzu. So it uses the term havalim, havalim, which means then nonsense, foolishness. Oksif hasam, regarding Avedizar, it says, Hevel heima maise tatun. That Avedizar is Hevel is nonsense. So it uses the same term as Hevel. So therefore we know that this Pasuk is saying that this is one Indian of Avedizar that burns up to the Shaim and Gehenna. 
Oh, my Lord, Rav Rav Yitzchak, Rav Nachman said to Rav Yitzchak, my what's the pshat in this pasuk here where it says, Kishtaim Rois Asa Ami? There are two things that are bad that my nation has done. So this is a pasuk in Yirmiyeh where it talks about the Avedis of the Eden. So the Gemara asks, Tartan Hudavya? In that generation, there was only two things that they did that were bad. Esrim Va'arba. There were 24 things that the Yidin did that they left the Eibish there. Or others are greatest here in the Gemara, Esrim, Tarti, there were 22. So Rashi says, if you look over there in the Pasuk in Yecheskel, there's a Pasha there where it describes 22 or 24 Avedis that the Yidin did. It describes it over there. There's another actually Pshat in the end over here. Rashi says that the 24 that the Gemara is saying here refers to the fact that they were over on everything that it says in all the 24 Svarim of Tanakh. So it's not only two Avedis. The Yidin then sinned much more than that. So what is it? why does it say over here in the Pasuk only two? So Rabbi Yechenen explained, Achas, there's one Aved here that this Pasuk is speaking about, Shehishkula Kishtayim, which is uh, as so weighty, so powerful, that it's, it's, it's like two, uh, two Avedis together. What is that? This refers to Aved Regarding Aved it says, Kishtayim Rois Asa Ami. Right, so this Pasuk of Shtayim Roi Sasa Ami, so the Gemara now here brings a continuation of this Pasuk, that it says that Oisi Ozvu, the Yidin have left me, Mekoymaim Chaim, the source of living waters, Lachtsev Lahem, Be'eres, Be'eres, Nishbarim, the Yidin go to, to uh, get the water from broken cisterns, places where the water leaks out and they're not going to get any good water there. Oksev Buhu, what does it say over there in the Pasuk? Ki Avru, if you're going to go and look in the islands, in the place where the Kitiyim are, where the Kutim are, and you'll see over there, the Kedar, you'll go to the, to the place where the nation of the Kadariyim are, Shulchu, send people there, and go and think and go and contemplate what they are doing. And go see what happens with them. Are they, do they exchange, do they leave their God that they serve? And the Hema Loyalahim and the God that they serve is not there's not a God Bakhlal. Right? They have an Avidizada. But do they leave their Avidizada? No. And the Ami Kvaidai Yoyal. And my nation, they exchange Abus's honor for something else that's with, were worthless and pointless. So when it says over here, Shkula Kishtayim, so Rashi says that the, the point is that the Yidin, are, 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 when they serve Avidizada, are not learning from these other two nations. So they're even worse than the Kutim. And the worst from the Kadarim. The Kutim were, were nearer to the Eden, and the, the Kadarim were <coughs> further away. That's why it says Shulchu. So they, 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 it's considered to be like two Avedis because they're even worse than these two nations of the Kutim and Kadarim. What brings Abraise? Tone and Abraise, we learned. Kutim, Oivdim Leish. The Kutim, their Avedizad is, they, they, they serve the fire. Kadarim, Oivdim Lemayim. The Kadarim, their Avedizad is water. And even though they see and they know themselves, the water extinguishes fire. Right? So they, they see themselves that uh, what, what power their God is. But nevertheless, they don't exchange, they don't leave their God. But my nation, the they exchange and they leave the honor of the Avishter for something else that has no benefit whatsoever. So that's the Shkula Kishtayim that it says regarding Avidizara. Another pasuk Rav Nachman asked Rav Yitzchak about. What's the pshat of this pasuk where it says, "Vayihi kizokin Shmuel," and it was, and Shmuel was in his older age. He was old already. So the Gemara asks, "Misiv Shmuel kolahai?" Was Shmuel that old? Vaha barnun beis have. Shmuel, when he passed away, was only fifty-two years old. So he's not that old at all. So how could the pasuk say that he was old? 
He passed away when he was 52. Again, Meis Benun Beishana, an individual that passes away at the age of 52, this is the lifetime, he's passing away the same age as Shmuel Aramasi. So why does the Pasuk say that Shmuel was so old? So Rav Nachman explained to him, Rav Yitzchak that is explained to him, this is what Rav Yechenin said, Zikna Kovtza Olov, that all of a sudden, he wasn't taka so old, but all of a sudden he became very old and frail. The Pasuk says, So the will explain why all of a sudden he became old. Because the Abish said that I've regretted the fact that I made Shal a Melech as a king. The Abish wanted to take away the kingdom from Shal. So now Omer Lofanov, Shmuel says to the Abish, Master of the universe, You considered me to be equal to Meishah and so Shmuel is compared to Moshe and Aaron. So now, Ma Moshe ve'Aaron le'botle ma'asidem bechayim. Just like when it comes to Moshe and Aaron, so their actions are not bottled in their lifetime. Whatever they did in their lifetime stayed. So so too, Afanim. The same should be with me regarding Shaul Melech that I came and appointed him as a king. So the action that I did, that I made Shaul as a king, should not be annulled in my lifetime. So don't take, don't remove Shaul Melech in my lifetime. So Amar Hakadosh Baruch So the Eibush says, "Hey Chayevet." So what should I do now? Leimus Shmuel. Should Shmuel pass away? Like Keshavik Shmuel. Shmuel is not letting me. Shmuel has a good time. Leimus Shmuel. On the other hand, should Shmuel pass away? So so Adezuter. At such a young age, Shmuel is going to pass away at such a young age, and then then the Eibush could take away the Melucha from Shmuel Melech. People are going to come and start saying, there'll be rumors about Shmuel. Look what happened. Shmuel passed away at such a young age. It must be he wasn't such a great tzaddik after all. So, so that's also not an option. Now, So you know what? So maybe Shmuel should continue being king and Shmuel should continue to live. And then later, when Shmuel will pass away, then David will take away the kingdom from Shmuel and from Shaul, that is, and give it over to David Amelech. So that's also not an option. Malchus David. The time of David Amelech to be a king has already arrived. One, the kingdom of one cannot overlap and touch the kingdom of the next king that's destined to be king, even one one little nima, like a little here. So therefore, it's already the time for David the Melech to be king, and Shaul Melech has to has to be removed. So what are we going to do? Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Akfits all of Zikna. I will bring upon Shaul Melech Shmuel. That is, I'll bring upon Shmuel that he's going to become old and frail. So he's not going to just all of a sudden pass away at a young age. All of a sudden, people are going to see that Shmuel became old, and therefore people are going to say, "Oh, he passed away because he was old." Not because of any Avedis that happened. And Hainu Dechsev, this is also what the Pasuk says. Vishal Yeshiv Begiva Tachas Eishel. Shal Melech was sitting in the Giva on the mountain, Tachas Eishel, under a tree. Berama, and he was in Rama. So the Gemara says, Giva, the hill that he was living in, and the Rama is in two different places. As Rashi of brings, the Giva is by Binyamin. Give us Binyamin. And Rama is the name of a place that's by Ephraim. It's two, to- two totally different places. So why does it say that he was sitting in the Giva by the Rama? 
what the Pasuk is saying is, Who is the one that caused the, for the fact that Shaul Amalekh should be a king and where he was in the mountain for two and a half years? It's the, the, the Tfilah of Shmuel that lived in Ramah. He's the one that davened that uh, Shaul should not be removed until he passes away. So in the end, he was a king for two and a half years. And only, only after Shmuel passed away was his kingdom removed from him. Okay, but now the Gemara has a question on this. What does it come out? The Amish Shmuel Melech was supposed to live much longer. But it's only because David Melech had to become a king, so the Abishah took away the life of Shmuel Melech. Do you find such a thing that the Abishah takes away the life of one person because of the zuchos and the position that another person is supposed to get? In other words, Shmuel Melech was not uh, really supposed to pass away at this point. It's only because of David Melech. Does David should do such a thing? So the Gemara says, in, yes, it is possible. What does it mean, this that it says? I have uh, decreed by the Nevim, and I have killed them with the words of my mouth. So the Gemara explains that this was Imrefi, this was a Gzeir of the Eibishter, which means It's not because of their deeds that they sinned, that they deserve to pass away. That's why there was a Gzeir here. It says with the words of the Eibishter's mouth, meaning that sometimes there is a Gzeir from the Eibishter that one person has to pass away, even though he himself doesn't even deserve to pass away. So Alma, we see the same we could say of here also, Mitri Gavre Mikami Gavre. One person, his life can get pushed off because of Exeda that there is for another person, in this case, that David Amalek has to become the king. Dr. Gamare, Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, Havu, Yasvi, Besudese. So Rav Nachman, Rav Yitzchak, which is what this whole sugi here was about, the, the, the various questions that uh, Rav Nachman asked Rav Yitzchak. So once they were sitting together by a meal. Why don't you share something? So Rav Yitzchak tells him, This is what Rav Yechenin said, You're not allowed to speak in the middle of a suda. Maybe the windpipe that gets open when you speak, will, uh, will then the food can go down that pipe and it's dangerous. So he, therefore he says, I can't tell you anything now. Now Basu the Sod, after they finished the meal, so now he said to him something. This is what Rabbi Yechenin said. Yaakov Avinu loy meis. Yaakov Avinu did not pass away. So Rav Nachman tells Rav Yitzchak, So did they uh, eulogize him for nothing? And the Chanite, what's the word for Chanite in English? Uh, uh, embalming? Did they do that? Huh? Embalming. Embalming. Okay, sorry. So did they do that for no reason whatsoever? And the Kavra Kavraya, and they also buried him if he's, if he's still alive. So then why do we see that they treated him like a person that passes away? So he explained them, Rav Yitzchak says to him, Mikro Ani Deirish. I am darshaning, I am expounding upon what it says in the Pasuk. Shanemat says in the Pasik, Vata al Tiravdi Yaakiv, don't be afraid, my servant Yaakiv, no Mashem. Abishta says, Valtechas Yisrael, and Yidin shouldn't be afraid, Kihinini, Mashiacha, Mirochik, I will help you even from far, Vezaracha, and your descendants, may Eretz Shivyam, in the land where they are captured. So therefore, in this Pasik, it begins speaking about Yaakiv, 
And it concludes speaking about his descendants. Makish hu So I compare Yaakov to his descendants. Ma zare just like his descendants are still alive. Afu bachayim. So too, Yaakov himself is still alive. This is the famous Gemara that says that Yaakov is because Mazare Bachayim Afu Bachayim. The Rebbe spoke about this Gemara many, many times, as it's known. Negate to the actual story here, the Rebbe once explained this in the Fabrengen of Chafov, Tav Shalom Aleph, the story itself regarding the middle of the Suda that he asked him to say something. So the question that the Mepharshim asked is, Rav Nachman says to Rav Yitzchak, say a Dvar Torah for me in the middle of the Suda. He didn't know that you're not supposed to see him speak in the middle of the Suda? Why is he saying this to him? And even when he gave the answer, how did he answer him? If it's the middle of the Suda, how could he even answer him and say, Ei Masichim Basuda? That itself is speaking in the middle of the Suda. Okay, so the point of here is, he must have answered him not in the middle of eating. So the, the Lavush says that if when you're eating the Suda, and it's between one course and another course, and you're not eating then, you're allowed to speak. Okay, otherwise, if you eat any meal we have, a Shabbos meal, whatever it is, you wouldn't be allowed to speak at all. You can't say Advar Okay, so you're allowed to speak between one, between one course and another. That's one point. But the other point of here is, the reason why Rav Nachman was asking him to speak is, because Rav Nachman held this whole halacha of not speaking in the middle of the Suda is, if you speak in Islam, whatever, any uh, mundane words, but if you're speaking words of Taira, words of Taira is not something that will bring a danger to a person. The Gemara says the words of Taira is something that protects a person, doesn't bring a danger, so therefore you can speak in the middle of the Suda, words of Taira. That was of Nachman's opinion. Rav Yitzchak says to him, no, it's not, you can, even the words of Taira, if it's in the middle of a meal, the Gemara says that even a shliach mitzvah, that will not be harmed, but if he goes into a place, place which is Shechia Chazeke, where it's common to be damaged, hurt in such a place, so over there, you can't, even a Shliach Mitzvah could be harmed as well. So therefore he's telling him, yes, true, it's Divrei Teireh, but in the middle of a meal where if a person speaks, it's very common that a person could hurt himself, over here, the words of Teireh will not protect you. Right? And therefore he had to answer him, he was, but he, he answered him and he explained to him, it's a Sakana. He didn't stop answering He explained to him that it's a sakana so that he should understand that this applies even to Divrei Taira. So the Rebbe, interestingly, connects it also to the next piece of here about Yaakov Leimais. And the Rebbe says, what is the Gemara ultimately saying? What's the source of Yaakov Evinu Leimais? The reason why Yaakov Leimais is because Mazare Bachayim Afu Bachayim. So over here, the Chiddush is, even though when it comes to Zarei, the descendants of Yaakov Avinu, the descendants of Yaakov Avinu are going into Golos and they're all over in the world in places which are Shechia Chazeka. So you may, find, you may think to yourself that, look, how can you say that Yaakov is like Mace because of his Zerah, because of his descendants that remain alive? The descendants go into place where there's such, such hardships and such difficulties in Golos, so the Zerah is not safe and secure either. So he tells, tells him, no, that's not true though. Benigay to the Zerah of Yaakov Avinu, even though it is Shechiyah Hazekeh, nevertheless, they remain alive, and therefore, Mazare Bachayim Afu Bachayim. That's the connection to the... To, to this story, to this Indian of Emasichim Basuda. <coughs> Regarding this very Indian itself of, uh, of Yaakov Avinu Leimais, so there's the Pshat of Rashi. Rashi over here says that the Pshat, the simple Pshat, according to Rashi, is when it says Yaakov Avinu Leimais, it doesn't mean Beruchnias, it means Begashmias. Rashi says, Nidma Lahem Shemais. The Marsha, other Mepharshim say that the Pshat in the Gemara of Yaakov Leimais means Beruchnias. But Begashmias, he did pass away. But according to Rashi, the Pshat of, of, of Yaakov Leimais means Poshet Bepashtus Begashmias. And when the Gemara says, Mazare Bechaim Afu Bechaim, it's a proof. It's not because the Zera is alive, so therefore Beruchnias, this is the life of Yaakov Avinu, <coughs> that's continuing. 
We're proving it. If by Zara you see that they are alive, so therefore this proves that by Yaakov himself, he has a level of life that he never passes away, even Pashat Bepashtus Begashmis. That's Rashi's Pshat in the simple Pshat of the Gemara. The Gemara continues and says, Rav Yitzchak said, A person that says the name Rachav Rachav, which is the name of a very, very beautiful woman, so miyad nikri. This immediately can cause the person to have a tumas keri, because this is something that's ma'ira, the taiva of znus by a person, and therefore you can right away become a keri. Amalei Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman responded to Rav Yitzchak and said, Ana I said this name rochav rochav aleich pisli, and it did nothing happen to me. Amalei, so he explained to him, kika mina b'makira. When did I say this? If there's a woman, this beautiful woman, and you say her name, and you know her personally, so that's something that could be aroused this taiva and make a person a keri. So uh, this is very interesting how this comes into the Gemara right over here. The Rebbe says that this is also connected. Because even though the Gemara is speaking about Rachav Rachav, which was apparently a woman in those times that was very beautiful, but it's, it's Bechlal, it's not only then, it's Benigayat to any time. Benigayat is such a thing when a person puts himself into a matzav of a taiva that could cause this. And therefore the Rebbe says it's similar to what it says before, Benigayat to a matzav of Shechiyah Chazeke, so this is something that you have to be careful of. So the same thing over here, Benigayat to Tumas Keri, when a person is exposes himself to certain things, so you can't say to yourself, oh, nothing's going to happen to me, it's not going to cause me to become Tomei. No, if something which is common, it's Shechiyah Chazeke, it is something that will affect you. So now, Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak were departing from one another. So Amalei, Rav Nachman says to Rav Yitzchak, The master should bench me. Amalei, so he responded and said, What am I going to bench you with? I'll give you an analogy from the following thing. A person that's traveling in the desert, and he's hungry, he's tired, and he's thirsty. And finally he finds a tree, that has very sweet fruits, and has beautiful shade, and has a nice stream of water that is flowing beneath it. So he ate from the fruits, and he drinks from the waters there, and he sat in the shade of the tree. When the person wants to now get up and leave, Omar, he says, Tree, tree, what should I bless you with? If I'll bench you that your fruits should be sweet, you already have sweet fruits. That you should have good, beautiful shade, you already have beautiful shade. That you should have water that should, that should flow beneath you. There is water flowing here. So what else am I going to bench you with? Ella, the only thing I can bench you with is Yeratzim. Should be the will of Hashem. All other trees that are planted from you, should be as beautiful as you. So now he said, Rav Yitzchak tells of Nachman, Afato, <coughs> so to you, what am I going to bench you with? In should I bench you with Tayre? Hare Tayre, you have Tayre. In am I going to bench you with riches? Hare Aisha, you're already rich. In Bebanim, I'll bench you with children. Hare Banim, you have children. Ella, what I bench you with is, Yihiratsin should be the will of Hashem. Shiyut Tzetzoi Me'echa. Your descendants that come from you should be, Kemaischa should be as great as you yourself.